Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. My my goodness, Sid! I I am I am I am on fumes. I am on absolute fumes after the last three days here in beautiful Dallas, Texas. First time in Dallas, by the way. I got to give top marks to the city. The food's been great. The weather's been awesome. The people, for the most part, except for the dude who tried to kill me as he merged onto the highway, uh, except for that guy. Everybody's been spectacular here in Dallas. I have been able to cross off three big bucket list items personally for me this week alone. That has a lot to do with Becky Lynch and Stone Cold Steve Austin and, of course, Renee Paquette. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about all of that. But SP3, I, I just have to say one thing, man. When, when wrestling is good, it cannot be topped. And when WWE is firing on all cylinders, they cannot be beat. And last night was the perfect example of that. We can talk about the buildup to the show and what they're going to do until the cows come home. All right. But in a bubble, in a vacuum, the night that we were both most concerned about WrestleMania Saturday. It was unbelievable. Believable and actually being there in person and experiencing that atmosphere with close to 80,000 screaming fans when Stone Cold Steve Austin came out, when adrenaline in my soul blasted across the speakers and Cody Rhodes came up, the American nightmare came up uh, through the stage when Bianca Belair finally topped Becky Lynch last night. You could feel it when the, 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 when Charlotte Flair beat Ronda Rousey last night as well. There was some. Ooh, a lot of tension in that match as well. There was so much last night, and it was absolutely incredible. I was exhausted. I could not fall asleep until 3.30 local time, which is 4.30 normal time for me and you. Just an absolutely incredible, incredible WrestleMania uh, night one. Now, is that is that all on me being there in person, experiencing the atmosphere, or did it come off that way on television as well for you? I know it was a great show. Like I, it kind of put me in the in the place of I was wrong. I can admit when I was wrong. I can always admit when I was wrong. Night one made it. I think it made it insurmountable for tonight to top. Like you, right? just from the moment that Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair got into the ring, the rest of the show was just tremendous and on a, a different level. They hit pretty much everything out the park uh, for the rest of the show. You know, some things happen, like, you know, the cutting of the New Day match that made me disappointed. 30 minutes of video packages on the show definitely make me disappointed. And like I said, the first couple of matches I could have done without, and I could have saw that on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown any day of the week. But Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, was a, it was a home run. Cody Rhodes, just the whole presentation. And Nailed to it. see Cody Rhodes' catchphrase of becoming undesirable to undeniable to the mm-hmm. fact that they took the Cody Rhodes presentation that people have grown in love and connected with from New Japan to Ring of Honor to AEW and brought it to WWE. That was a WrestleMania moment, an all-timer, in my opinion. And then the match they had, I literally put out on Twitter that Seth Rollins is going to have to do the dishes for a year because he stole Becky Lynch's match tonight in like 25 minutes, I, in my opinion. That was 
the best match on the show when it comes to work rate and just the moment, the selling, the emotion, just every and the finish. That finish with using the Bionic elbow and then the oh. the crossroads. That was just perfect pitch perfect Cody Rhodes bookend his AEW career with five-star matches and he may have returned to WWE with as close to a five-star match as you can get in WWE the tension like you said with Charlotte Flair and Ronda at times feeling like a real shoot fight was just was just great in the moment it was physically intense and I got into it and then Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah once I got over the confusion of why you didn't book this as a match and you know yeah we'll definitely talk about that and my, and my wife kind of put it in perspective for me she was like you gotta have surprises and in their opinion that was a surprise people they booked it as a talk show and then they delivered a match so they gave you one last surprise to end the night so like i said from from the moment becky lynch and bianca belair got in there this was uh an incredible and one of the best paced wwe shows ever uh, I will agree on that. And I think they made that make sense. But real quick, because uh, there, there's so much to get into, but I, I got to give a shout out to our friends over at Bet Online. They're the reason we are here right now. They're the reason I'm in Dallas, Texas. Uh, by the way, yesterday, not just WrestleMania, uh, Final Four as well. The national championship game is now set for college basketball couldn't tell you who the hell's playing in it because (laughs) i was watching wrestlemania yesterday but if you are looking to wager on this national championship game head on over to betonline.ag that is on your desktop use your mobile device sign up today receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code believe to get started that is b-l-e-a-v bet online remains your number one spot for all updated odds info along with player props and new contests throughout the year it is the best source for all your sports wagering needs including live betting and everyone's favorite vegas casino and poker games it is super easy to get started so join today learn why everyone is saying bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on sports bet online where the game starts and sp3 i want to start right there where you left off stone cold steve austin does return he actually wrestles in a match and by the way it was a banger all things considered an absolute banger are his knees still shot absolutely do the boots carry as much weight as they used to no they do not did it matter one iota oh hell no it did not matter one bit my dude stone cold steve austin is out there at 57 years old taking a vertical suplex onto concrete you want to talk about being wrong earlier i was wrong on this for weeks, literal weeks, in front of Renee freaking Paquette, I was sitting here saying it doesn't matter if this is a match or a segment because it's going to be the same thing regardless. I could not be him more happy to be wrong. I could not be more happy to eat crow. Stone Cold Steve Austin gave me the freaking finger and said, I will show you why you are wrong, you stupid Mark host. He went out there and showed why he is one of the greatest of all time. That man does not age. He did not look 57 out there. Again, yes, his body is not what it once was, but it does not matter because they were able to mask any of his deficiencies with the the anything goes, no holds barred. Kevin Owens just looking for a fight. They brought out the ATV Stone Cold. It's basically one giant beer ad for for himself with his new American Lager, and he's literally just drinking on the damn job. I mean, he usually drank on the job, but this was literally during the match. He's just chugging what twelve beers? I think he had like a twelve pack during the match. Uh, just so I'm sitting there saying, Steve, get some water, man. Balance out your drink, man. What what are you doing now? Let's 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 go. You're in fifteen minutes here. You got eighteen beers in. 
but it was so fun to watch. The press box was absolutely losing their mind, which is one thing that I love WWE shows for because they kind of let the press be a, a, a little bit more of fans than, you know, to what we typically are. Dave LaGreca was fantastic in the press box last night, by the way. He was losing his stuff, especially when Cody Rhodes showed up, but I digress. I was also wrong, by the way, about making this a match from the get-go, right? Because it's all about selling seats. Obviously, WWE, maybe they didn't sell them as fast as they want. I believe that number last night, okay? I was there. There were some sprinkling of empties in the upper deck, and obviously they walled off about a, a fifth or so due to the stage and everything like that. That was a full house last night. It was a full house. It was an energetic house. They didn't need to put Stone Cold Steve Austin in a match to sell tickets for this. And it actually worked. And I don't know if it was WWE's idea or KO's idea. But him saying, look, I lied to you. I tricked you. I invited you onto a talk show segment because I knew you would do that. If I went out there and I said I wanted to challenge Stone Cold Steve Austin to a match, there's no way in hell I was going to get you in the building. KO's saying I tricked you to get you here because I knew there is no way I would get you in this seat. I'm paraphrasing here. I'm filling in the blanks for him. Because yeah, is- you really are. I was like, I was like, definitely didn't say that, but okay. Oh, I know. I'm, filling, I'm filling in the blanks. I'm filling in the blanks because this is what I read into the situation. And again, maybe I overthink things, but he knew getting stone cold in that chair with that crowd and the watch chance and the electricity of the building. Again, I'm talking strictly kayfabe here. He knew there's no way that Stone Cold Steve Austin was going to be able to say no. He wanted the match with Stone Cold. He knew he couldn't get Stone Cold in storyline in that chair by challenging him to a match after 20 years. Getting him in there and tricking him into a match, that is perfect KO character. It's perfect storytelling. And everything they did in that main event last night worked. I felt like a a child last night watching that match my first ever match watching stone cold steve austin live by the way again a bucket list item is so great last night uh they delivered the best of both worlds because you got the promo segment that a lot of people would love hearing the stone cold uh lines and you know and all that all that kind of stuff you know kevin owens is such a great antagonist like he was just getting under the skin of stone cold before yeah. stone cold even gets out there getting under the skin of that texas crowd and then you know austin coming out just the the roar of the crowd they were just so happy to see him the moment he came out on stage i was like wwe made the right decision even before they made it a match there's no way people would have stayed after stone cold steve austin that's why people got there you say they could have sold it out without austin i don't think so because it was at it was those ticket sales was at thirty thousand before austin was announced and then it jumped up to i think it was about maybe 60 65 thousand in total wwe is always going to add on about ten thousand because they got like ten thousand people backstage but i think it was about 65 to maybe even close to seventy thousand uh people in there and that the reason they were there was to see stone cold steve austin they were into other things throughout the night like i said you know bianca and becky to see if it was going to be Cody they were there for that stuff as well but the number one draw for this Wrestlemania overall I think on both nights even over the biggest Wrestlemania match of all time it's Austin it was Austin people came to see Austin people relished in every moment every word he had to say him coming onto the stage and I literally said it as soon as he was doing the stage and he came to the to the middle I was like Austin ain't walking down that aisle 
I was like, he got to go back and get his ATV. And yep. literally, I, I called it. He comes out with the ATV. Um, just great stuff between him and KO on the mic. And then when that bell rang, you heard the roar of the crowd. They got exactly what they wanted. And he exceeded any and all expectations. Like that 14-minute match, it might have not been the best work rate. But honestly, that was a memorable matchup, 100%. People there in Texas, people watching at home will never forget Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens. And if this is the final match of, of Austin's career, I think he shows the right setting for this and the, and the right opponent because Kevin Owens did everything to make Austin feel like it was Austin of 20 years ago. Austin in his first match. Austin that came out in Bristol Rock at WrestleMania 17. You felt all that type of emotion. Yep. You felt all that type of, you know, just him stomping a mud hole, walking it dry. It's the stunner the everything you would want him taking a stunner was great i just loved it but like you said when he took the suplex on the concrete i was like wow i did not expect that i did not expect him to do a suplex on the goddamn stage like it was just just pitch perfect like my my wife who doesn't really like you know all the wrestling all the time and even wwe she enjoyed the last half of this show like she she really got into it like she came in into it like when cody was coming out and even she was like we'll talk about the cody and she was like i know you didn't like him but i was like (laughs) but i was like that for austin as well and it just it was so it was the the right decision to main event with Stone Cold Steve Austin because nothing, and I literally said this after the bell ring, nothing was going to follow that. Yeah, you look, you're, you're absolutely right. And by the way, just to clarify, I mean, they didn't have to advertise Stone Cold in a match, not that they didn't need to advertise that Stone Cold Steve Austin was on the show. Um, but the reason why this was such the right call to make this the main event was for Kevin Owens. That meant the world. To Kevin Owens last night. This man grew up, right? The biggest Stone Cold Steve Austin fan in the world. We've all seen that video clip, right? Where he's telling that story of when he was 17 and he's still playing with his Stone Cold action figures and he wanted to like make the entrance realistic. So he took the ceramic mug and chucked it against his wall and it stuck there. Like we've all seen that stuff, right? That that's that's who KO was, right, man? So that's like um him getting to main event, main event, WrestleMania, wrestling Stone Cold Steve Austin after 20 years out in the ring. Win, lose, draw did not matter. And it was like, and it wasn't some glorified squash like when he lost the Universal Championship to Goldberg. No. This was a legit match. This is a dream. This is something that literally Kevin Owens was dreaming of doing when he was 12 years old. That's what makes this business so goddamn special. And moments like that last night, I was so happy for Kevin Owens. I was so happy for Stone Cold Steve yeah. Austin. I was so happy for me sitting there watching that. Like, I'm, I'm starting, like, seriously, I can, I can feel the, the water building up behind my eyes. Just saying those words, it was so great last night. Everything was perfect about it. I, I said it on Twitter. I'll say it here. There's winning. And then there's KO, KO right now. Kevin Owens is winning on a level no one could ever imagine. This was just, what, five, six months ago. People were talking about him leaving WWE for AEW. Oh, 
because he's really of he resigned. because of where he was. I mean, I mean, I understand why people were saying that. Don't don't try to front like people were wrong to say that. They were right I know, to say I, I, that I because that. he he was jobbing out to Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss, but he resigns. He gets the, the he secures the bag three million dollars or more probably, and then he gets to realize his dream. And like it's it's funny. I saw someone put it out on Twitter, and you know we're gonna talk about CM Punk on this episode, so I'll bring him up here. It was about 20 years ago, CM Punk saw a young Kevin Owens and basically said the same thing that he said to Eddie Kingston, that you got a lot of potential, but you're, you're lazy. You're not, you're not, you're not doing everything you need to. You're wearing a t-shirt. Your presentation is wrong. You're wearing basketball shirts. This man now has, has done the two things that, that CM Punk wanted to do most in his WWE career which was main event WrestleMania and fight Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he did it all in his T-shirts and in the basketball shorts. Kevin Owens, as a fan of his for nearly 15 years, I remember when he came in with the singlet that had him doing the moonsault in Ring of Honor. And I got to, when I was really going to Ring of Honor and really going to independent wrestling, I loved Kevin Owens and, and, well, Kevin Steen at that time. And I loved El Generico. Their tag team is one of my favorite tag teams of all time that I ever got to see live. And to see where he's at now, 15 years later, knowing his story, knowing how much he loves Stone Cold Steve Austin, I couldn't be happier. And it is rare that the MVP of the show is the guy that lost the main event. But but between Kevin Owens and who we're going to talk about next, it's really hard to determine who's the number one MVP. They might be co-MVP. It's a Peyton Manning, uh, Steve McNair type of situation because Kevin Owens is the MVP of this show because he got the he got to realize his dream in front of seventy thousand people. Like honestly, there's there's so many MVPs of last night, so like for real, because I think you could put Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair uh, in that's in that in that category as well because they absolutely stole the show. There were a lot of top notch performances last night, but you know what? You gotta give WWE some credit here as well. Like I'm talking WWE created and the man who puts the booking together because you can look at the last 10, 15 years. There have been a lot, and I mean a lot. Of of slam dunks that WWE has just flat out missed. And last night, they had the ball on a breakaway, and they slammed that MFR down with authority with the debut of Cody Rhodes. They nailed everything. Everything from the presentation to the music to the American Nightmare to the way the ring announcer said it. I mean, was AEW's version of Cody Rhodes, the man that he went out and established and built and came back. And and I mean, it's it, it's hard to it, it's hard to kind of quantify what, what that had to mean for Cody Rhodes. And I know he's done a couple of interviews, and you know he he's talked about how he really wanted to come back and be the American Nightmare. And look, Vince McMahon, according to Cody Rhodes, said it ain't broke. This is what we're buying. Vindication for Cody Rhodes. He won. He left six years ago and wanted to prove that he was a main event star. And he did it. And he won. And he came back. He also said, look, he's been reading all this stuff about money and creative and falling out with Tony Khan and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm sure maybe some of that is true to an extent. Maybe not as much as it was blown up. 
look, he said this was an easy decision for him. He's coming back because it's time, and he wants to win the freaking big one for him, for his father, for his family. He wants to win the WWE Championship, and this was the perfect start to that. This was an easy slam dunk for them last night. Seth Rollins was the perfect opponent for him. They had a tremendous, tremendous match. I know you said uh, Seth. Seth owes Becky one. Now, actually, they're even now because Becky stole his main event back in WrestleMania 35. Uh, so they're, they're, they're completely even now. Uh, but everything about this, man, just hit you in the feels last night. There was so, so much of that, but WWE nailed it. They had to nail this one. We talked about ad nauseum on this program about it. They had to nail it, and they did it. I, I have to say, like, I was quite impressed by what WWE did last night with Cody Rhodes because they made the right decision. Once again, I get to say WWE, Vince McMahon, they made the right decision by allowing Cody Rhodes to be Cody Rhodes. And just how like him making his return at WrestleMania in front of 70,000 and not coming back on the weeks prior to on Monday Night Raw. That was the perfect decision by WWE because it made it feel like a monumentous moment. You heard the fans roar and them like building up anticipation, the Cody chants before his music even hit. And then the fireworks go off, the lights come down, you hear the dramatic dum 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 the beginning, and then you hear wrestling has only one royal family. Uh, doesn't have has more than one royal family the iconic line oh my god i was like i got caught up in the moment i had my hands in the air like i said my wife was like i thought you didn't like him but i was like i like the fact he came back here because he had really hit a wall in aew we said it at nauseum over the last couple of months that cody rhodes in aew as a baby face had hit the wall it was either he turned heel or you are gonna be this stale character in a fresh product but now you put cody rhodes as a baby face as the american nightmare the same presentation the same the 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 blonde hair the tattoo, the American Nightmare logo, the American Nightmare nickname, the music, the presentation, commentary did a great job. Corey Graves talking about this man left the company six years ago as undesirable, and he comes back as undeniable, and it, you saw it. He didn't even need to say it. You saw it in the essence of how they presented him, and then to follow that up, with an absolute WrestleMania classic. Like they were put in the position to have a WrestleMania classic. They got to like 18, 20 minutes to deliver a memorable matchup. The selling was on point with Seth Rollins working over Cody's ribs, Cody working over Seth's arm. It was just really smartly worked, brilliant storytelling, brilliant selling. Um, the the finish though, that's where it just was like, okay. This is the match that I like this finish would be the two crossroads and then him just setting up where I thought I thought this was all building to him doing the pedigree because Seth yeah. Rollins kept going for the pedigree. He eventually hits it for a great near fall. You get Cody with the crossroads for a great near fall, but he hits the two crossroads, sets Seth up and then does the dusty punches the bionic elbow i i was almost in tears like i was just like this is so much vindication like you don't see this every day of someone that can be able to leave a company that refused to choose him 
they they kept wanting him to be Stardust at a time where he should have definitely went back to Cody well, Rhodes after what about the death. This, what about the Stardust little thing that he did? Yes, yes, this? and I love I love Corey Graves on commentary said that that that's not that's not even an acknowledgement of the past. That's him shedding the skin of the past. It was just great stuff, just brilliant stuff. It's a match that I want to go out of my way to watch again because the moment the moment of his entrance is the is honestly the best WrestleMania moment. On a night that Stone Cold Steve Austin made his in-ring return, the moment of the night was Cody Rose's entrance. Just that entrance, that feeling, and then the match they delivered af- afterwards. It's one of the best matches of WrestleMania weekend. It's probably one of it's probably going to be in the conversation for the best WWE match of the year. Seth Rollins did impeccable work on the road to WrestleMania building up to this moment and just to have it deliver on that level and just it was cathartic for a lot of people even if you're an AEW fan you're a WWE fan you're whatever fan you just have to appreciate someone who you know left this company without being chosen and then this he comes in and his title before the might was he's an opponent of Vince McMahon's choosing Vince McMahon chose him. And then when yeah, you hear the beautiful. interview, it just puts it all together. And it makes me really believe that Cody Rhodes is going to be the WWE or WWE Universal Champion. I'm just so happy for him. Someone that I've, I've established on many different platforms. This is someone that flipped me off in 2017. And I've never forgiven him for it. I booed him out the building. Even when everyone around me was cheering for him, I still booed him out the building. Even against Nick Aldis at All In in Chicago with the whole crowd in favor of Cody, I was cheering for Nick Aldis. And I said, Magnus was great. But... <laughs> At this moment, I had to be a Cody Rhodes fan because it's so, it just felt so good to see him accomplish a goal and really turn this company around on how they presented him. They presented him like a top star. And this is why it stopped you from Dragon fans that said, oh, Kevin Owens shouldn't have re-signed because that man was jobbing out to Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss. But I will drag the fans that said, oh, Cody Rhodes a mid-carder. This spot is too big for him. Did you hear that reaction? Oh, I wonder what happened in the last six years to change him being a mid-carder in uh, WWE. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would, I would advise that. I would delete those tweets if you tweeted that out because you look like you look like an idiot right now. It, here's, here's the other thing. And by the way, I know I'm having some, some mic issues. It's, it's uh, what's going on with the road here. So I do apologize. You sound, sound good now. Okay, good. Um, so I do apologize for that. But here's the other thing. You know what was so great about last night? It was the reaction on Twitter from all everybody in the AEW locker room yes. when Cody Rhodes showed up last night. So you tribalistic people out there, you WWE versus AEW people. I'm not saying everybody loves everybody in the world of professional wrestling. We know that to not be true, okay? But when you have everybody in the AEW locker room showing their support and their love for Cody and the fact that he got that moment last night, learn something from that, all right? Just, just learn something from that. We all love wrestling. It was good for Cody Rhodes last night. It was great for everybody last night. My favorite two tweets or Twitter references to Cody being there was Dustin tweeting out F the pedigreed when Seth hit it on, on Cody. And, and the fact that, you know, this has been one of the story arcs of Cody at AEW was, oh, if and when he would hit the pedigree, that was a great tweet. And then the Young Bucks changing their Twitter bio to, oh, I thought we were going to have all it too. <laughs> 
That was great. I laughed. I laughed so much at like midnight at night. It was great. Oh gosh, I'm, I, I was so slap happy last night just sitting there reading tweets and and everything. It was it was absolutely crazy. Uh, we got a lot to get into and not a lot of time. Uh, a jam packed WrestleMania night. One first things first. SP3. Tons of people take multi vitamins, but it is important to choose one that is top quality with one delicious scoop of athletic greens. You are absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day off right. Their special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. It is also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar, no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's one scoop and a cup of water every day. That is it. To make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune support and vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do, go to athleticgreens.com slash believe. That is B-L-E-A-V. Again, athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens take ownership of your health. SB3, how happy are you that I'm back to do that? Oh, yeah, man. That was like the toughest ad read of my life. Better online. I love you guys because that was that was like I knocked that one out the park. But that those words, Athletic Greens, I love y'all for sponsoring the show. But those are a lot of hard words from my simple ass. <laughs> oh my god, I absolutely love it. I was I was dying laughing. It was good stuff though. I appreciate you guys and the whole entire True Heel te- uh, Heat team uh, for filling in on Wednesday while I was uh, traveling and and the AEW show. Y'all are a draw, man. That was that was one of our highly watched shows of the actual Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. Uh, but again, a, a quick shout out to everybody who has subscribed to the channel uh, over this last weekend. We have seen a huge uptick in that everyone who has followed us on twitter we've seen a huge uptick there uh and everybody who has watched my videos this week from the the, the wwe uh, a press junket we got interviews up there right now with los lotharios don't sleep on that one guys those those two dudes are highly highly entertaining and they tried to get me in a kiss cam segment so it, it, it's incredible i'm never going to stand between those two dudes again i will say this much angel garza is a freaking star and wwe needs to utilize him immediately umberto as well he's great uh got an interview up there uh with sammy Zayn ahead of his match with johnny knoxville he he was very candid about how wwe treats the united states and intercontinental championship something that i've harped on he was the perfect guy to ask that question might be surprised by his answer i uh, got an interview up there right now oh my god so much happened this week i'm trying to think who, who the heck i talked to um uh, AJ Styles. AJ Styles was up there. Rhea Ripley. If you have not seen Rhea Ripley's impersonation of Liv Morgan, please, as soon as you are done here, go watch that interview. They're only five, six minutes long, guys. All right. A little bit longer with, with, with the ads that we got to do, but they're only five, six minutes long. Rhea Ripley doing Liv Morgan's impersonation will give your will, will just give your your day fresh life. All right. It is that good. And then, yes, an absolute bucket list cross off item for me this week she was not scheduled to be there i was totally unprepared for this but i kind of wasn't because i've been waiting for this interview for four damn years at this point uh becky lynch was at the press junket i did get to talk to her actually i got to talk to both becky lynch and rebecca quinn because i broke her like halfway through uh that interview and uh i appreciate all the love and support that's officially our largest watched video on the channel so far of course because Big time Bex is a draw, uh, and we will uh, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, get into her here coming up in a little bit with that banger that she had uh, with Bianca Belair. But again, like, share, subscribe. Thank you so much for uh, for the love, guys. We continue to grow. March was our biggest month so far, so far, and by far. And we got 
big things ahead uh, in April. So again, thank you very much. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. All right, SP3. So I, I didn't want to come in here and do, oh, a WWE versus AEW segment, right? I don't want to do that. And that's not kind of what I'm asking here with this. But I want to look at two in particular moments in the history of professional wrestling. Forget WWE, AEW, just overall, right? Especially recently. Put your, put your hat on. Become Nostradamus. What moment do you think will be more monumental over time? Not right now, because it's so easy to, to fall into recency bias with what we saw with Cody Rhodes last night, right? Cody returning to WWE or CM Punk returning to wrestling and signing with AEW after seven years off. What do you think will be the most uh, monumental moment in wrestling history, let's say a decade from now? I'm gonna have to say, and and I've been I've been called the w, uh, AEW Shield or WWE hater, but both of these kind of AEW related, and I've kind of seen the journey of Cody Rhodes from leaving uh, WWE in 2016. I was there live at his first Ring of Honor event at Final Battle 2016. I was there for All In in 2018. I've got to see the AEW journey from its impetus and see Cody Rhodes' entire journey outside of WWE and his entire career in WWE. I've gotten so many articles throughout the weeks with the top five WWE matches for Cody in his first run, the top five AEW matches for Cody. I did an article talking about Cody's best eight WrestleMania matches and ranking them. So I've, I've kind of covered a lot of Cody's career, but it has to be CM Punk because this is the man that fell out of love with the entire business. He left. Cody did, in my opinion, I said this for years, Cody did what CM Punk should have done. What CM Punk should have done when he left WWE in 2014, he should have went back to Ring of Honor. He should have went to New Japan. He should have went and he would have been like, I feel like even bigger than what Cody was able to accomplish. I think CM Punk would have been even bigger for New Japan Pro Wrestling. New Japan would have came more to prominence faster if CM Punk would have left WWE and go to New Japan in 2014. It would have happened a lot sooner than the Okada Omega series that really brought all those Western fans. So I'm going to say it's CM Punk returning to the actual business and going to AEW, a start, basically a startup company that's only been existing for three years and they were able to get one of the biggest draws of the past decade and what it's done for AEW when you look at their pay-per-view buy rates when you look at everything they've done when you look at CM Punk still is one of the biggest stars in the industry regardless of not being under that WWE umbrella I'm gonna go with CM Punk but I'm saying this on April 3rd, 2022, and I am opening the door for me to come back and say I was wrong and that Cody is, but right now, it's CM Punk. Yeah, and, you know, just to kind of uh, build off of what you were saying right there, like, two completely different ways to react to a situation. Like, it was the same thing, right? For for, for CM Punk, WWE killed his love of wrestling, so he had no interest of, of, of doing that. For Cody Rhodes... They, they killed his love for WWE, and he realized that he was never yeah. going to ascend to the heights that CM Punk had already ascended to uh, in WWE. So Punk really didn't have a whole lot to prove anymore. He just felt overworked, sick, uh, uh, definitely underappreciated, and, and didn't think 
if things were going to get any better. And he's like, look, I've, I've already accomplished pretty much everything there is to do except main event WrestleMania. So, yeah, he didn't really have that motivation to go out and do what Cody did. Cody was like, nah, nah, man, this ain't how I'm going out. Right. And he went out there and he took that as motivation and, and did everything there. Um, but again, just to kind of rush along here, because we got a whole lot to cover in the next 14 minutes. Um, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to take the cop out and say it's all on WWE because it is an easy thing. Like I said, this was a slam dunk runaway jam at home. It's easy to get the debut right. Yes. And we've talked about this. It's what happens after this. It's what do they do next with Cody Rhodes? Does he win the WWE championship this year? If he goes out there and he has a hell of a summer, because I'd like to see this this feud with Seth Rollins continue maybe for a couple of weeks or at least at WrestleMania Backlash. Run that back. That would be fine with me. Let's get some promo exchanges going between these two. That would be great. Cody Rhodes at SummerSlam becomes the first one to dethrone Roman Reigns. Okay. Now, now we're talking. Because now Cody has done exactly what he said he wanted to do, which was win the WWE Championship for him, his family, his father, all of that. WWE has a chance right now. Oh, yeah, I'm going to say Cody Rhodes, but again, I'm, I'm great. Or excuse me, I'm going to say CM Punk, but going off like what you said, WWE can change all of that by booking him correctly moving forward. One thing I will say, and this is something that we've talked about here. We've talked about on Smack Talk with, with Dutch Mantel. WWE has been in a dilemma for like the past six, seven months of who's going to dethrone Roman Reigns. And in a one weekend, I think they got like three options now. You got Cody Rhodes returning and you coming through on the family name. You got Braun Breaker, who seems like he's going to get called up to the main roster because he inconspicuously lost to Dolph Ziggler on a exposed turnbuckle eye rake and a super kick. That was just, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 I like that show, but that, that ending, I was just like, I understand, okay, Broncos come to Bay roster, but I just had to vet about that. That was just stupid. That was the that was the wrong fitness to do. And no Snyder involvement. Like you know, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell this much. I'll tell you this much. The crowd, I was into it. They were oh, of course, it. of course. Of course, of course, the crowd, that crowd knows off Ziggler a lot more than Braun Breaker, so it's understandable that the crowd is going to do that. But and, and now they also got Gable Stevenson. Gable Stevenson could come in here and pull a Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar type of rookie year and maybe have SummerSlam dethrone Roman Reigns. So in one weekend, they legit made three options to finally dethrone Roman Reigns. Congratulations to WWE. Moving on to number two here in the five count. A lot to get into. We're time crunched here. Shock of the night shocker of the night i think um man like i did not expect nor did a lot of people expect said that your girl ronda rousey would be walking out of wrestlemania empty-handed look look who comes in when uh we talk about charlotte flair the number one charlotte flair in the world charlotte flair <laughs> fan in the world princess uh, harlem she's been posting pictures about charlotte all week kind of trolling me and then charlotte wins last night over over my girl ronda rousey <laughs> did they make the right choice sp3 adorable daughter did they make the right choice by putting charlotte flair over ronda rousey last night i was expecting you to burn the internet down last night you didn't do it no no because i learned my lesson 
don't bet against Charlotte Flair in these big matches. I've done this now. This is now three times I've done this at WrestleMania. WrestleMania 32. I was like, oh, Sasha Banks has to win this one. She's 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 ready made. She's the popular act. It's her time to win it. Charlotte Flair wins. She had the WrestleMania 34. Oscar, I was like, oh no, they gotta complete the Oscar streak. She goes on to WrestleMania, defeats uh, Charlotte Flair, and uh, you know, gonna win the SmackDown Women's Championship. And I was there live to see Charlotte Flair tap out Oscar and end her streak. And now Ronda Rousey, the my girl, making her triumphant return at the Royal Rumble, eliminating Charlotte Flair, going on to WrestleMania. It's a no-brainer. She beats Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. You build the story for WrestleMania 39 with her and Becky Lynch. But no, they had to go. I don't think they made the right decision, honestly. I I mean, I learned my lesson in betting against Charlotte Flair, but I don't think they made the right decision because that was a physically intense match to me that was going like from good to verging on great and then they had a lame finish if if they would have if they would have improved that finish her hit the big boot and maybe natural selection or something more just charlotte just ronda rousey losing after she tapped out charlotte flair and then getting a big boot and that's it that was a lame finish and that kind of deflated things for me yeah this this match and i'm not saying this in a derogatory manner, that match was ugly, but it was ugly in a good way. It was it was physical. Like not everything looked spectacular. All right, no, it was a hard hitting. It was a fight. It was a fight, and that's what that match yeah. should have been. And it could have been so much better because the crowd, whether it was the build to the match, whether it was the fact that we had just all back to back bangers and they were a little burnt out, they put those women in a tough spot last night and hey they had the i'm sorry to interrupt you but they had the toughest spot of the night how do you follow how do you follow cody's return to wwe like they tried to kind of you know pace it i I thought they did a good job of pacing stuff by having the hall of fame and having like video packages after that to kind of let the crowd get back into things and i thought that ronda got a good reaction i thought that charlotte got a good reaction at the opening but there was so much things going on and the crowd couldn't get up that energy especially knowing that they had to get up that energy for stone cold at the main event yeah they were put in the toughest spot of the night yeah, absolutely. But I, I, I did think they delivered. I thought the, I thought the finish was wonky. I, I don't understand this, this one. To be completely honest with you, unless they're obviously going to continue this one. And uh, look, these two deserved a better story. They deserved a better build. WWE creative really let them down uh, in that situation because look, that this was, yeah, this was a main event caliber match in name, but it the, the build and that's something that you have even said the build just did not match that. So, so now they're choosing to continue. This is like fumbling the football, right? And instead of just falling on it, you're kicking it like 20 yards downfield, trying to pick it up because you want to run it back in for a touchdown. They just, they're Charlie Brown in this thing. They, well, no, he missed the football. But you get my analogy. They're just kicking the damn ball, trying to fumble and pick this thing up, and they're making it worse. So now they're going to try and continue a story that the fans have not been into and maybe make it better. I don't know. You have, you have Sasha Banks right there again like ready to go it's not that you don't have challengers on smackdown for ronda rousey you do you got returning talent i would have had rousey win last night and then have bailey show up and stare down ronda rousey and say i got next and now we get babyface bailey well we should get babyface bailey because ronda rousey should be a heel but i digress all right that's how it should have been booked last night this this decision was really really confusing for me 
And yeah, man, like I remember as Becky and Bianca was going on, I looked over. I was sitting right next to Graham Matthews, our boy from uh, Bleacher Report. I looked over him because once Becky and Bianca went past like two minutes and they started having this classic, my nerves just faded away. I knew what was coming, but I'm like, I wanted that match to go longer than 26 seconds. Like you were just harping on me that that's what they were going to do. They made the right decision there. But I looked over at Graham. I was like, man, could you imagine if they put Becky over here? That would be the equivalent of Charlotte tapping out Asuka. It really would have been last night. And then, no, they did the equivalent of Charlotte tapping out Asuka by having Charlotte beat Ronda Rousey. Because I'm like, of course they freaking did. Because of course they, they did. Of course they did. Literally, I had Romeo, the Romeo that you've seen here, the biggest Charlotte Flair fan, tell me during the preview, tell me during True Hill Heat, don't bet against Charlotte in these big match situations. Uh, John Alba, who works closely with you know Charlotte Flair's family, was like saying the same thing, and they both uh, retweeted, uh, put out the tweet tagging me, telling me you don't bet against Charlotte Flair in these big matches. And I learned my lesson, Miss Charlotte Flair. I will never bet against you or predict against you at WrestleMania. All right, uh, rapid fire here. Uh, I we'll have a chance to talk more about Becky Lynch after the Monday after Raw because now it gets interesting for her. And I tried to ask her about this and she stayed in character. But again, she kind of showed you a hint in my interview with her of what's going to happen now, now that she has lost this championship. Becky Lynch is about to snap. We're going to have time to talk about that and I can't wait to see the character work. The character work that she's been doing recently has been spectacular in my opinion. It's about to get real, real damn good. But let's focus on Bianca Belair last night. They made the right call. This was absolutely the right decision. She got her payback from SummerSlam. She's now beaten Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Championship. She's now beaten Becky Lynch and at, at the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. She's undefeated at WrestleMania. She's winning these big matches. She's going over four horsewomen. Does last night's win. Bianca Belair, now multiple-time women's champion, winning huge matches at main event, in main event caliber matches at WrestleMania. Is she now on the same level as the four horsewomen? We always talked about how those four get booked better than anybody in the company. Obviously better than Ronda Rousey at this point. Is she now on that same level? Has she reached that echelon? I know to a lot of people she will she is already. And I said it last night on Twitter. I had to go on my own account. I didn't go on the True Hill Heat one because I had to say it there. She had in one night she had my favorite WrestleMania entrance, that HBCU uh, you know, Texas Southern band. It felt like I was watching Drumline, one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. Uh come out to that and and do the performance, you know, perform her song on the on the stage. I thought that was so special. That was for the culture that felt like, ah man, that was just so great. It made my heart grow. And I was like, I for for this feud that I wasn't really into like three weeks ago. And I, I praised it enough since Monday with that angle that they did to really juice this up, really get people into this. And you felt that vibe from the very beginning. And Bianca Belair in back-to-back years probably had the two greatest women's matches at WrestleMania history. History, ladies and gentlemen. Like yeah. Charlotte and Oscar in that conversation, that three-way with Becky, Sasha, and Charlotte from WrestleMania 32. But Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair is a moment I will never forget. Two African-American women main eventing WrestleMania. And just the story that they told with Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch was fantastic. That was tremendous. A, 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 a very memorable. That tease at yes. the beginning. They, Everybody they, had a heart attack. 
Everybody they booked that so well. That was so well, so well done. Her reversing the man slam, manhandle slam, then getting her out for the KOD, then reversing it back into the manhandle slam. One, two, kicked out. You could hear the crowd roar and was like, whoa. The camera messed up though, because they cut to the crowd before uh Bianca kicked out. I was just of like, I was like, I was like, of course, of course, Kevin Dunn can't get this right. But uh, the these women delivered, especially Becky Lynch, someone that you know I criticized before. Her storytelling and her character work throughout that match was tremendous. You overall got the vibe of the desperation in Becky Lynch with every near fall that she got. It was just great. I can't put Bianca Belair on the level of the all the four horsewomen yet. What I think WWE did do last night is they set up an even bigger WrestleMania match next year in Bianca Belair beating the unbeatable, the the, the person who can't be beat in the big money matches at WrestleMania. She has to beat Charlotte Flair, and then I will put her on the level of the four horsewomen. Yeah, stole my thunder there. That's exactly where I was going to go. All right. She's in the conversation now, for sure. Yeah. But. She has talked about openly wanting to be the first woman to pin all four members of the four horsewomen. Three down, one to go. One to go. That should be the story next year. Your headliner next year is going to be Becky and Ronda, which is which just took a major hit with both of these ladies losing the year prior. Uh, I was expecting, you know, Ronda to be up top, Becky to be up bottom, and then you know they work her way back up. Now they're both knocked down pedestal here so it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. to see how wwe builds that back up but that needs to be the story next year that needs to be the focus is bianca belair going after charlotte flair maybe not even needs a title to be completely honest with you but just just becky or bianca going after charlotte because she wants to claim the throne as the best women's wrestler in wwe by beating everybody on that pedestal in the four horsewomen i think that needs to be the story uh there i uh, maybe i telegraphed this a little bit earlier we were talking about charlotte flair but uh, again real quick here the biggest shocker the biggest surprise for you you know last night was it charlotte getting uh getting the win over ronda rousey or was there something else that surprised you more yeah i would say it's uh charlotte getting the win over ronda rousey that was definitely i ate even my wife my wife uh, you know doesn't like uh you know ronda rousey the character in wwe she was like oh i thought you said there's no way she would lose at wrestlemania Aha, she's a big charlotte player fan as well so she was happy about that so yeah i would say that was the biggest prize i expected cody rhodes I expected some physicality with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I would say it's either the Stone them not promoting a Stone Cold Steve Austin return match as a Stone Cold Steve Austin return match, or it would be Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. Uh, for me, honestly, it was like I was shocked. But then again, it, it sunk in that it's Charlotte Flair and it's WWE, so it really wasn't that shocking. Um, but for me, it was how much I enjoyed the first three matches. Like seriously, like I had. Very little expectations, very little emotional connection to it. And even though I like a lot of the talent that was involved in there, I thought the opening tag match was really good. Rick Boogs doing his his Freddie Mercury with that crowd was spectacular. That entrance was glorious. All right, gives kind of some credence to Kev Kelm's claim that it's the best entrance in wrestling. When there's 80,000 people there, it was spectacular. It was a rock show. It sucks that Rick Boog got Rick Boogs got hurt and cut that yeah. match short. That's what I said. That's why I kind of made the cringe face. It was very was good. So it wasn't. It wasn't very good. It it wasn't because of the injury that, and it's not their fault at all. But that was the worst match on the show. Yeah, it was, and it, it, it you hate to see that, especially for a guy who was coming up. But I was enjoying everything up until that 
point. And it, it just sucks that it went down that way. But look, say what you want about the build. Corbin and McIntyre was an absolute blast. An absolute blast last night. Again, maybe it didn't come off over the screen, but it was a joy there. Shocker, but not a shocker because I called it on Twitter and I brought it up with you and Renee on the pre-show. Drew McIntyre kicking out of end of days. First guy to ever do that. I wasn't sure that they would go there, but I had a gut feeling they would. I'm still not sure how I feel about that. And then you know what? Logan Paul's got it. He has got it. He is a natural. They didn't ask him to do too much. He did some vertical suplexes and some punches and things. Nothing that he can't handle. He looks like a star. He looks like a million bucks. Dude came down there with a freaking Pokemon card wrapped around his neck that was worth $6 million. Oh, my Our, God. That was great. That was such great. A flex, such a flex. But he does all the little things, man. He's a great heel when he's doing the Eddie stuff and he's taking that time to pause and, and just toy with the crowd. He had them eating out of the palm of his hand last night. He's got it. He is a star. I would not be mad to see him back in WWE because that guy gets nuclear heat. And then they turn the biz babyface with one smooth move. He's like, hey, I got my first win at WrestleMania in 10 years. I don't need your ass no more. <laughs> he absolutely dropped him. Hey, I hope I hope that they realize that they turned Miz babyface, though, because I think in their eyes, they turned Miz heel on Logan Paul and turned Logan Paul babyface. But for me, as a longtime Miz fan, since he was holding a paper WWF championship in the real world house back in 2000, I marked out for him hitting the skull question finale. And then in the front row is the challenge, uh, the challenge godfather, MTV, the challenge godfather, Mark Long, and he hugs him. And I was just, I popped for all the challenge fans out there like me, they popped for that moment. So Miz was the baby face. All right. I know you got another show to do, so we'll move on to this last one real quick, which it hard, hard act to follow for everybody who's on night two. And this was the one that we had the most confidence in the card that we had the yeah. most confidence in. So there's expectations. Now there's a lot of pressure on, on everybody. Who's what match steals the show tonight. SP. I am going to go with edge versus AJ styles. I'm going to go with the safe money safe here. Bet. The safe, safe bet. The safe bet here, AJ Styles is on the level of Seth Rollins, who I feel stole the show on night one. So I'm going to go with AJ and Edge to steal the show. If they give it time, which I'm not entirely certain that they will, but if they give it time, I think the women's tag team title match with all that talent involved could absolutely steal the show. But my answer is going to be the other tag team title match. I'm going with my boy Montez Ford. All right. The Raw SmackDown men's or excuse me the raw men's tag team division has been crushing it as of late now you add in the street profits rk bro the alpha academy they all get great reactions from the crowd the i would lead off the show tonight with this one i think these guys got a chance uh, to absolutely steal the show with a banger triple threat tag team match so i'm going to take that uh we appreciate you guys tuning in i know we said we were going to be live today there were some technical issues with that and also trust me there's a a very important reason why we can't go live at the time that we said that we were going to go live. Um, unforeseen circumstances. You'll find out. Subscribe. Tune into the uh, Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, we appreciate the support. Again, like, share, subscribe. This is just night one, folks. Strap in. We got night two tonight. And then we got the Raw after Mania. Oh, it's been a hell of a weekend. Thank you for joining us here. There's so much wrestling content out there. We love you. We appreciate you. This has been the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.